Hello, he is Heston Blumenthal. Hello. One of the most creative and forward-thinking chefs on the planet. Welcome to Pod and Chips. I'm inviting you to climb into my brain and have a great laugh. My name is Jay Taylor. I've been working with Heston for over 10 years as his TV producer, cracking his head open and getting out all the amazing things hidden in there. And that's what this podcast is all about. The idea is we're going to spend repeated attempts to dive into your brain and find out all the amazing things. We're going to try and bring some level of sanity to some of the thoughts. I get a bit murky in there. You might need to put some uh, fog lights on and (laughs) we're going to be talking about many big subjects, but all held together with the wonderful world that is uniquely human. And that's cooking and eating. On today's adventure, we'll be discovering why Heston has been eating rocks and licking sloth poo. Plus, this is the world's first multi-sensory podcast. And what that means is Heston will be doing a live food experiment on me and you if you want to join in. So if you want to discover amazing things about how to eat with your nose, grab yourself some pieces of apple and lemon. Chapter 1. How to cook soup with rocks. Hello, Heston. Hello, Jay. Once again, we are sitting in the most gorgeous position in your wonderful house in Provence. Here we are on the sort of idyllic flagstones looking out of the door over at the most amazing looking lawn. You could probably describe it better than me, but it's not a bad place to be sitting and chatting, is it? I can't think of anywhere more beautiful on the planet. It was the place that inspired me to cook. You're in this wonderful new French world and you are clearly loving life and cooking again. What have you been cooking this week? What have you been trying and eating? What's been new? I've cooked many things, actually. These box of veg and milk and cream and eggs that come in, and I just, just cook on my own. And this is just you cooking. I think I should clarify. This is just you cooking with a knife and saucepans like any other person does. Because I think people out there have this Chopping impression that you... veg without, without a, uh, any liquid nitrogen... <laughs> Gel and gum, centrifuge, without a distillator, without a blah, 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 blah. It's just a knife and a pot and a pan and some, you know, some gas to heat some stuff up or maybe a barbecue. And I, so I, I made a soup. I cooked some haricot vert, green beans that came from the farm as well. And I decided to put a lump of bauxite rock in the water. No so salt. Beans and rock. Yeah, rock beans. Rock beans. Wait, wait, you now you need to slow Rocky down here. Beans. You have me up to beans. So you make you put some beans in a pot to make some bean soup. Yeah. And then you put a rock in it. Yes. Why? Bauxite. That doesn't that doesn't tell me no. why. <laughs> From this bauxite rock that we're around comes silica. Water with silica in it. Kind of thickens the water a bit. Silica comes from aluminium. Okay, so and there's aluminium in this rock. And there's aluminium. And you were thinking and, this when and, you put it in with silicon. the beans. Yes, yes. And the water... That's a, that's a leap. I know you make leaps, but that's amazing because most people wouldn't be making that connection. Yeah, but stand on the shoulders of giants. Romans were here and there's aqueducts and there's viaducts. They were collecting water. It's underground water. So you picked... How did you... Do you have a lump of this rock lying around? Did you just go in the garden and get it or did you have it in the house? No, I just went and got it. Well, I mean, it's all it's bauxite all around here. I've got some pebbles as well. I've got some little gravel. I've got gravel and pebbles and rock. And I stuck it in a pan. I washed them first. And I put it in a pan with green <laughs> beans. 
no salt, and they came out really green. It was rather a successful um, experiment, actually. This is fantastic, and that is genuinely you doing your experiments. You had yeah. no idea where it was going to go. You were just curious to see what happened. Rock soup, surely the first person to ever try well, cooking rock soup. Then a friend came, a French friend. She said, ah, there's a dish called soup de caillou. Caillou. C-A-I-L-L-O-U-X. What does that mean? Is that, do you know the translation? Well, caillou is pebbles. There isn't. There's actually a pebble soup. Apparently there's a pebble soup that humans, human beings have been doing for years. So really? So then, then the next time I made the soup, I just chucked loads of pebbles in it. How do you... Uh, we need to find what this, this recipe... Did you manage to find what this recipe was? This Yeah, soup I've, 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 you, look at it, you look it up on the internet. And uh, I've got a list of ingredients. Oh, tell me. Give me, a, give me off the top of your head what <clears> you can remember of it. It's a vegetable soup that you can put chicken in or sausages in. So it was just funny that I, th- I, I thought I was being really creative. Yeah, and this had already been done. Uh, I've been done yeah, I looked it up. It's been done for, and I'd never heard of it before. Are you going to keep pushing on this rock thing? Uh, uh, the rock soup, are you actually going to keep doing experiments on it and find out? Yes. Oh, let's stay. Fantastic. A lot. Chapter 2. What sloth poo tastes like. So where else have you been exploring for uh, new flavours? I went to the Natural History Museum recently. Oh, it, it's amazing. They have a, they have a, a, um, a bug and beetle department. They have gold ones. They're gold. They're not painted. Do they? Does this explain why I heard that you were eating or licking poo at the Natural History Museum? It was a sloth. It was a 10,000-year-old sloth. Poo and hang on, what? Smell. so right, what on earth? So you, what were you doing? We had, we had a t- we had a tour. What what we what we what we we have an opportunity potentially to be able to between the science museum and the natural history museum tell the story of evolution through cooking. Amazing. Uh, as a permanent exhibition, obviously we need funding and yep. it's going to take work. And, and sloth poo. Be, uh, well. I don't know yet, but there's a thing <laughs> called cyanobacteria, right. which is the great oxygenation event, which is, which is when photosynthesis started. And cyanobacteria is in sloth fur. And there's something about sloths. I don't know yet. It's like something about Mary. What did you do with the sloth poo? I licked it. <laughs> I smelt it first. Right, yes. It, and it had no it smell. No, oh, no, no smell whatsoever. Right. And then you licked it. Yeah. What did it taste uh, like, by the way? And I'm fixating on the sloth. Book, well, nothing. It didn't taste of anything. I didn't notice anything. It's just like uh, the um, the bauxite rock in Lazel Peel National Park. What's uh, that? It's in it's it's where Van Gogh cut his ear off and lived. It's where Picasso lived. Jean Cocteau, the artist, it has the highest level of gamma rays in, in on, on the planet. Uh, it's so fertile, the soil. It has evergreen trees and deciduous trees in varying. Levels, we're going to be growing mushrooms there. So he came out of these amazing caves. And I just thought, right, if I did what you're talking about, baby, I, I just put my mouth around the corner of this cave and dragged a bit of rock off. No bitterness, nothing. You've been banned now, I presume, from the Natural History <laughs> Museum and this rock place. <laughs> not my natural reaction is to lick it. Or well, it is when you're four, but... I smelt it first. Oh, well, that's all right then. I, I, I don't just... Just, just for the record, I don't lick poo. 
Now we're just going to take a quick pause here to say thank you to one of our sponsors who allows this podcast to happen, Harry's Razors. And myself and Heston, obviously with beards and hair like any other man out there, likes to have a good shave and I think it's fair to say that we are equally fed up with being ripped off by the cost of razors, which are frankly quite extortionate. The good news is there is someone out there who's done something about it, the guys over at Harry's Razors. Now, interestingly, Harry's Razors was started by two normal guys, uh, Jeff and Andy, who got fed up with being ripped off by razor blades, so they decided to do something about it. Uh, They bought a factory and started producing razors themselves, but the idea was they were going to sell them for a great deal less and sell them over the internet. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, These razors are great. They're just as good as any other razor you'd buy out there. But the brilliant thing is they're an awful lot cheaper. Uh, You know, they've got five blades, as you'd expect. Uh, They come with uh, weighted ergonomic handles. I'm not quite sure what that means, but it means that you can hold them quite easily and use them really well. So they are basically all you need from a razor, but with not all the cost. The good news is you can get shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for only £3.95. Plus, you're going to be supporting our podcast by getting the trial set delivered to you. Included is a a razor handle, a five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and a travel blade cover. And you get this by going to harrys.com forward slash Heston right now. That's right, harrys.com forward slash Heston. And you can get shaving with great razors for only a little amount of the price of the big boys that are out there. Uh, And you can help support our podcast. So please do go along to harrys.com forward slash Heston to get involved. Right, now back to the show. Chapter 3. A tasty and flavoury food experiment. To join in, just grab one apple and one lemon and let Heston experiment on you. So your ambition, one of the things about this is this is a multi-sensory podcast and what that means is that people at home can join in with the experiments you're going to do on me which are going to open their eyes to our senses and food and eating what are you going to do on me now? An awareness. An awareness. awareness. So one, one thing that we don't, many people don't think about, because they don't need to, is the difference between taste and flavour. So I'm now looking middle distance, trying to think if I could quantify what they actually were. Yeah. I would presume that, I think they're the same thing, right? No. Okay. So the head grew, and the head and the brain, the eyes, the ears, the nostrils, the blah, blah, blah grew on top of the body in the way that it did from an evolutionary point of view to protect our changing gut. 98% of all our hormones which drive our emotions and our feelings are in the gut. Okay. So the only reason the brain is there and evolved in the way that it has, it's a gatekeeper for our midriff. To the rest of our body. The mouth, yeah. the mouth is a gate. The mouth... And, what, and the eyes and the ears and the nose are all also gates. But the mouth, by the time you might see something, you might hear something, you might smell something, and they're all, it's all defense mechanisms. Okay. Okay, I get that. You don't want to swallow poison if you're eating things you don't want to exactly, eat. Exactly, exactly. By the time that something gets to your mouth, you've already seen, heard, smelt. Now, I'm do, this is this sounds slightly metrosexual or whatever, I don't know, but soften your lips. Soften my lips. Yeah, really soften them. Take your finger, tickle your lips, and it's already sensitive and yeah. tickly and stuff. You're yeah. tickling yourself, it's no? It's really <laughs> tickles. It really tickles. It tickles. Uh, yeah, it really does. It makes you want to go more. If I, if oh, I, that's weird. That's weird. So if I go, now do it again. Num! Oh, oh, I don't <laughs> you see? 
You're, what happens, your lips harden up. Now, yeah, it did. your lips, it doesn't tickle so much. So this is the gateway to your body. That's interesting. So I almost, when you did that, I folded my lips in in that sort of dish yes. kind of face. And <laughs> yes, that kind of face, which face, comes yes. across well on the podcast. Yes. And I was sort of protecting the soft bit of my lips. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, Stop. I get that. And when we eat stuff, um, which will bring us nicely onto an experiment. Okay. So when we, with our teeth, with our tongues, this is a... Um, a bit of chewing gum. Yep. So if I do that, and I'm just going to squash it so it releases some of its flavour. So I've just squashed. So you've got half a piece of chewing gum there, which you've squashed. Just squashed in my finger. Lovely. It's got put hair your in it. tongue on it. Put my tongue on it. Just put your tongue. Put it in, don't put it in your mouth. Put your tongue on it. Tongue oh, literally, stick my tongue out. Yeah. Okay. Sit, you sit, sit, you sit your tongue out. Yeah. You get the sweetness. Yeah. So you'll get sweetness. So when you we used to have to we go hunting, foraging, climbing up trees, oh, things good, that are sweet. So that's just a bit of chewing gum. I touch on the end of my tongue, and you immediately get that's sweet. It. It's like kids playing in a sandpit. Put your finger in something. And go, ow! Hmm, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's always <laughs> um, been your way. Stick your finger in it. Yeah, normally stick your tongue finger. in it. I'm going to do that now. So you've got a pot. You've got a pot of yogurt in front of you. Of Denon Velouté Nature with the French frag 100% ingredients mm. d'origine naturelle now what are you going to do with it okay I'll talk through what you're doing and you can so it hasn't got his tongue stuck out and he stuck it in the yoghurt pot not quite sure why that's very interesting <laughs> I've got, my tongue was only on this side if you put your tongue in it it's, you it's an unsweet that. it's a it's a natural yoghurt that has no sweetness in it put your tongue in it like you just did with the chewing gum yeah and it's nice and cooling, and I've got acidity. I don't get bitterness. Then, take some into your mouth, and towards the back of the tongue, I get bitterness. Really? Yeah. Okay. I've just so double a, dipping a, in a yogurt with our tongues. Yes. It's not a great look. This. Why on earth does that happen? I'm getting really strong. I don't. I, I'm bad well, at discerning the difference between bitter and things. Well, the beginning is sort of. It's kind of. It's sort not really refreshing anything. Refreshing and, and and nothing. Yeah, really. it's yeah. sort of cooling. It's like licking a, a, a something. Yeah, just a wet sponge or something. Yeah, it's not. And, then, and, then, and then when you when you with, with <laughs> this conversation, when you retracted your tongue into your mouth. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> After licking the yes, yogurt pot, you'd already licked. Yes. Do you notice there was bitterness more at the back of your mouth? Almost oh, certainly. It felt like a little archway at the yeah, back of my mouth. And I think, uh, what I, I believe is that everything that's poisonous is bitter. Interesting. It's bitter. Okay. And we have those receptors, when they get back towards the back of the mouth, that we're just about to swallow the food we're going to eat. So, tickle your lips, and it's already said sensitive and yeah. tickly and stuff tense them you put food in your mouth by the time you put food in your mouth we've already looked at this and said it's yogurt I haven't given you a tub of poison to eat you've seen it you've heard it you've smelt it all your senses have told you subconsciously that actually that's fine it's fine it's yogurt I'm not going to have a go and so then when you take that into your mouth, the bit before you swallow is where the bitterness is because that's the bit that's poisonous. And it's, it's even, So it's the protector. It's the last sort of... It's uh, completely the protector. And I think the connection between that and, and, and all the bacteria in our gut is absolutely crucial to survival. 
So where does this fall on when you said there's a there's a difference which I don't know between taste and flavour. Mm. So what is the difference between taste and flavour? Right. You're eating the yogurt. So taste. I am. I've licked that. You, <laughs> <laughs> no, why did you just say that to me? You did as well. You put your tongue in it, and I, I saw you put your. Okay, I'm leaving the pot on How the table. <laughs> Basically, taste happens on the tongue in the mouth, and that's sweet. Salt, sour, bitter, texture, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Sweet, so, okay. so, salt, 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 sour, bitter, umami. Yes, now I've heard umami yeah, said well, before. So umami is, it's a taste. And there's more than those tastes. There's, there's more. There's more, but those well, are the big categories. The, the big ones. Are and those. umami is like sweet, salt, sour. It's yes. another one of those. Yes. It's a strange name. Is that named after? It came out of some professor in 1908 called Akida, who had drunk miso soup or something like that. And he found there was something in his mouth that was happening that wasn't sweet, wasn't sour, wasn't bitter, wasn't salty. There was something else there. Gosh, incredible awareness of your mouth. Yeah, 1908. And then in 1960, the late 60s, a university in America identified because on our tongue we have receptors they're called papillae so you think of little hairy things yeah. on your tongue and the papillae are the ones that perceive taste right. and they had they in the late 60s they had shown that there were the, that there were receptors in the tongue for something called glutamic acid okay and glutamic acid is monosodium glutamate and the biggest Wives tell in the world of food, in the world of food, bar none, is that MSG is bad for you. We did a four-year research project with the Royal Berkshire for trying to get old people, give them a bit more excitement about the food that they're eating, because they're on, if they're on um, sip feeds or drip feeds, which is full of glucose, and their, their interest, their taste buds, they just get bored, they get numbed and bored. And we don't, we don't put this into food. So we, we, we looked at putting different MSG-based ingredients. So there are many ingredients that contain, nat- when I say natural, they, they contain MSG. And does MSG have umami in it? Is that what yes, the connection Yes, it's glutamic acid. Monosodium glutamate, glutamic acid. Right. There's a group of compounds, I won't get too uh, involved in it just yet, but called ribonucleotides. And those compounds are in parmesan cheese tomato ketchup soy sauce shiitake mushrooms green tea they're in so if i'm eating those i am perceiving umami as well as yes. probably some sweetness and salt yes and, and and the umami will have also there is a um compounded effect so if you have tomatoes because tomatoes have umami right the the, the seeds and the and the, the, the pulp has umami. tomatoes green beans together or tomatoes and cheese. Is that a Bloody Mary? Is that Worcester sauce they put in that and tomatoes? Is that Bloody, yeah, yeah, Bloody Mary's got marmy, yeah. <laughs> nice one. Pizza has as well. Wow, okay. Ratatouille, we're in Provence, ratatouille. Oh, now I get that, now you're saying that. You yeah. You feel it, it's, it's like... Because it's, also you mix, you could mix soy sauce into ratatouille and it would, it would be yes. quite nice. Yeah, you would, I, I'd say if you put too much in it, it would make it soy sauce-like, but however, it would work. It yeah. would give it, 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 it's like, I shouldn't be saying this, but as a kid, chewing a wet flannel. 
<laughs> We've all iced you sponges in the bath. You did? Yeah, it's I'm lovely. Sure. What a great ex- yes. experience. It's lovely. It, like your mouth expands. Yeah. That's how I feel the mum is like. And people think that MSG is bad for you. No way. Um, Just used in the wrong way, it's bad for you. Yeah. Using the right way, it's good. All right, so if that is taste. So taste is sweet, sour, sour, umami. And it, I perceive it on these little hairs on my tongue. Yes. What's flavour then? Is the combination of taste and smell. So your nostrils, right. your nose is not the same as your mouth. You don't try and put a bit of roast beef up your nostrils. You? <laughs> <laughs> Until now, you by the do. sound of things. <clears throat> so now, here on this plate, I have, we have some quarters, segments of lemon and apple. Now, for someone to join in with this, does it have yes. to be lemons or apples, or can it be uh, any anything? It's better to use it. it, it, it if it's going to be your first time of having a go at this, it, it is good to think of an ingredient that has salt, sweet, sour, bitter. Okay. Now, okay. I'm saying umami, but umami. Yeah, it's umami. Something, yeah. But so if let's take, let's start off with the apple and we'll go on to the lemon. Okay, okay. So now, and this is a great experiment. It's great because it's something that we should all be taught at school. And it's so simple. However, none of us are. And when we ask the difference between taste and flavour, no, most of us go, oh, I don't know. That's, That's what I said. a really good question, that. Okay, so what do I do? Okay, so clench your nostrils. Clench my nostrils? Oh, yeah. my fingers. I thought you yeah, meant to do it. Clench your nostrils. Right. right. Nostrils and then bite the, apple and keep, bite the apple, <clears throat> but do not let go of your nostrils. Okay, so bite and No. You get texture? Yeah, I, could, I can't read. You get a bit of sweetness. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe slight bitterness, I don't know. Now, now let go. Whoa, ha Oh my, I just got smacked in the face with an apple. You got smacked in the face with an apple, but you can't do it when your nostrils are shut. That's crazy. That's like when you're, a, you know, when you're a kid and you're mm. given something you don't like eating, you hold your nostrils. Because you can't, Yeah. I would say taste it, but it's, you can't taste the flavour of it. That's, exactly the same. Wow, no, that was brilliant. I'm still chomp, chomping on an apple, but... Okay, that was... Yeah. If, you're tr- if you haven't tried this, it, it is amazing. When you take your fingers off your nostrils, the flavour, right, smacks you. So that is because I'm perceiving the, um, that through my nose. Yes. So... How's that then? Between your eyes, or between our eyes, if you follow the nostrils up, between the eyes and behind the bridge of the nose is something called the olfactory bulb or the olfactory epithelium. And there's a little gap uh, of skull that allows <coughs> part of the access to the brain to sit above your nostrils. It's the only part that's exposed. It's defense mechanism. So before you eat, you're going to smell. Before you eat, you smell. So that's yeah. sniffing your food. Uh, if, you, if there was some, you, you look at, you look at something and go, okay, that's okay to eat it. Could be this pot of yogurt. Give it a sniff. And then if you sniffed it and thought, oh, it's ain't, yeah, it doesn't smell like yogurt I'd like to eat, you're not going to eat it. So is that in action when I'm, when I'm, when I'm eating that apple? Is it because those pipes are being used as well? My nose is being yeah. used. Mm-hmm. So I've got uh, a lemon here as well. Is it the same, same thing? Or yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah, same oh, thing. Got so there's a lemon. Up, yeah. Yeah. Um, nostrils. Nostrils. I'm going to get this now. Uh, and you're, yeah, going, you're, you're obviously you're going to get bitter and a lot of acid. Huh? All right, yeah. Oh, it's really awesome. Ah, oh, no, 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 no. let go. That's really. Oh, 
I like that. That's really oh, well, that's totally how... different because that it was really unpleasant until I took my and fingers off my nose. Go. Yes, and it felt like I'd, I'd rounded the whole thing off. The the, 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 the yes. ball was complete almost. Yeah, yeah. That was how that was very different to the Apple experience though. But it was still the same thing, although it was a very different experience because obviously lemons and apples are not <laughs> yeah not the same. But it's uh, it is really important now. Try. I'm going to give it something to try. So just so you know, Heston is now snorting a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> so take the, take the well, last lemon wedge. Um, I was yeah, going to say lemon ledge. Lemon ledge. Put your finger over one nostril. Yep. And smell it. Squeeze, smell squeeze it. Squeeze, squeeze the uh, the lemon. It's actually quite hard to do and that. Smell it. Oh, it, oh you, that went right <laughs> up my nose. I did. And now switch to the other side? Yeah. Oh, God, I went in my eye. <laughs> You've got your eye, you know. Is anything but... No, that wasn't the plan of That the was quite experiment. different between the both nostrils, But they're though. both not... It's, it's, should that be like... Should it be different in each nostril? They're both... Uh, it's, it's covered in lemon now. Both nostrils, you smell lemon, but they're different forms of lemon. It's like Dolby Stereo. That's so, so true. They were different. They were different. It's, yeah. It's almost like treble and bass. Left eye, right eye, left nostril, right nostril, left ear, right ear, ba 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 ba, left hand, right hand. That was amazing. That was yeah. okay. So the so uh, so I've never really realised just how important my nose is in the whole thing, and also the difference between taste and flavour. Yeah. Um, it just and this is the amazing thing. Charles Darwin spent an awful lot of time observing life and the connectivity of life and working animal creatures and things that have to work for their reward. The incredible beauty of human beings, for me, one of many of them, is the fact that we have the potential to observe. Not only, we were too obsessed about observing others, nothing wrong with observing others, but observe ourselves I'm a walking experiment, and I can go. Oh, oh my God! Well, well, well hang on a second. Well, well, you draw me into your yogurt licking. Hang on a second. Yeah, lemon squirting world again. Oh, this is the beauty, and this is what Charles Darwin did. He observed, he observed, and he joined the dots. And that beauty of the human imagination is for the rest of my life. I want to celebrate. And that was. A wonderful experience. And I really genuinely think if you're listening to this, please go and get yourself some lemons and apples and try it. It's and actually, amazing. With, uh, now we're just finishing off on this. Your T-shirt, uh, the stuff that you dribbled out yes. down your... is actually, it's actually, you'd never know. Oh, thank you very much. Well, on, that, <laughs> on that positive note, Heston, as always, a ridiculous uh, joy delving into your brain. Thank you very much. Thank you for everyone to listening to Pod and, Pod and Chips. Do come back for more fun food experiments. Uh, for now, please say goodbye, Heston. Goodbye, Heston. <laughs> Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get yours from. And remember, if you like it, Please rate, review, and get in there and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>